Hello and welcome to The Dumpster Dive, an exploration of cult cinema. I'm your host, Patrick Markfort, and with me is my brother and co-host, me, Jordan. It's my brother, Jordan. And we are here once again with The Dumpster Dive. Um, If you've listened to the show before, you know the basic premise. Uh, We go out on the hunt for some good... DVDs or Blu-rays, good or at least interesting-looking DVDs or or Blu-rays, usually used, um, hopefully at a at a discounted price, and we try to find like good quality for low value. Yeah, and we select one to discuss on each episode of the Dumpster Dive. Uh, This episode is one of Jordan's selections. Yes. And we are revisiting, although I think I'm visiting it for the first time. I don't. I'm revisiting it after a long time. Yeah, I, I feel like I thought I had seen this, but I don't think I had actually ever watched this movie. You, on the other hand, were not too much. <laughs> I I don't know if I want to use the word obsessed. That's fine. But you were you were <laughs> very enthusiastic about this film and yes. its famous star. Uh, So let's go ahead and roll the trailer now, and we'll be back to discuss it. To millions of fans around the world, he's a living legend. If you've never seen him before... It's him! Give me that gun! You've never seen action. They're hostages! They're in a hovercraft! Call out the Coast Guard! New Line Cinema presents the action hero who does all his own stunts. Jackie Chan. So, yes, indeed, the film under discussion is Rumble in the Bronx. Rush hour. (laughs) All week uh, in preparation for this episode, I've been calling it Rush Hour because in my mind... It's not totally a weird... Yeah, sort of understandably, (laughs) uh, the two movies were enmeshed. And like I said, I thought I had seen Rumble in the Bronx before, but watching it tonight, I realized... "Ah, probably haven't seen this. Yeah. I think I was I was into the Rush Hour movies and then I didn't get as deep into the Jackie Chan fandom as you did. So this was your yes, pick. I did a deep dive. This is your Blu-ray that you found. Yes. Do you remember how much you uh, found this for? I think this was a 4.99 one. Okay. From the um Brookfield, Wisconsin uh, Mega Media Exchange. Okay. It's a nice-looking transfer. The movie looks great. Mm-hmm. I think this was, a- like, the ideal dumpster dive because I went in the store just kind of like, let's see what they got. And then I saw this one. I'm like, oh, my God, I remember this movie. <laughs> oh, my God, it's $5. Done. Perfect. I got it. And here we are talking about it. Here it is. That's really what the dumpster dive is all about. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Rumble in the Bronx. Um, this was Jackie Chan's um, kind of break international breakout yes. movie. And yes. Jordan's really going to be doing a lot of the driving as far as the Jackie Chan info 
on this episode because yeah. I do the info I remember in the yeah, whole research. That he's I he's really the Jackie Chan guy, and and I I think this is I feel like this is our Jackie Chan episode. So, um, but do you it want to be contained in one episode? No, we'll we'll, we'll revisit him, but <laughs> our first of, of probably many Jackie Chan episodes. Um, do you want me to summarize the movie, or do you want to do this? I want to hear you summarize it. Okay, I I think I can can do it. It's a fairly simple story. Um, so Jackie Chan plays, I think his name is Kyung. In Kyung, the, yeah. Kyung in the movie. Yeah. Um, and if they ever said what his occupation was at no, the beginning of the matter. film, I missed it. So he comes from, um, China? Is it China? <laughs> yes, <she's, yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, to the Bronx, which is actually Vancouver, Vancouver. playing the Bronx, yep. but... Okay. Um, so That's he, not uncommon. No, no, no. It's totally fine. So he he comes to the Bronx to help, oh, for his uncle's wedding. Yep. So he has an, an older uncle who runs a grocery runs store. Runs a convenience store, a, a gro- convenience store. grocery store, yep, and is getting married. And Jackie Chan, I'm just going to call him Jackie Chan, yeah. has come uh, for the wedding. And Jackie Chan is Hamlet. Yeah, and he, the uncle also uh, shared uh, one of his neighbors in his apartment complex is a, a beautiful young woman who, of course, becomes a love interest for Jackie Chan, and her kid brother, uh, who is in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very sympathetic little tot. Um, this is not going to be a politically correct episode. No, well, I haven't even mentioned the jokes <laughs> or the gangs to or the, the, uh, the husband or the uncle's wedding, <laughs> but um, we'll get to that. Uh, so he's in town for the uncle's wedding, pretty neighbor, kid brother in a wheelchair, <laughs> looks up to Jackie Chan, and Jackie very quickly runs afoul of a local gang of hoodlums. Yes. A very ridiculously wardrobe, very nineties gang, very nineties, very ethnically diverse uh, gang who are attempting to rob the convenience store. Yeah, I think like, that's that's the first time they really come into conflict with with yes. Jackie Chan, and they. But even that, he's like, it's like they're stealing gum or something like that. It's weird. They're not yeah. like robbing the place. Yeah. I, yeah. In the very... <laughs> yeah, we'll talk a lot there. about the weird tonal kind of inconsistencies in this movie. But um, so that's how... So, of course, Jackie Chan stops them. And they actually kind of... They don't exactly kick his ass, but there's this weird encounter with him in an, an alley. Yeah. And they, they basically, like, barrage him. Well, with, I'd say they kick his ass. Yeah, yeah. but not, yeah, but not in, like, a fair fight. They basically, like, throw... All this, these glass bottles. Yeah, they, hit, like, they hit like glass bottles with a baseball bat at him, and they shatter all over. Yeah, him. so he gets all bloody, and I guess he basically loses this this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes home, and the the girl takes care of him and nurses him back to health. And and after that, this gang just kind of has this blood vendetta out for <laughs> Jackie Chan. Oh, and the other wrinkle is that the the girl, the young woman, is also kind of the reluctant girlfriend yeah. of the leader of this gang. Um, she's also an exotic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exotic, but the not. The sister of the. Yeah, she's also an exotic, but not very exotic. No. A very tame. Tiger. Exotic dancer. dancer. Oh, yeah, and there's a tiger. <laughs> um, so, so that's the deal with that gang. So they're out to kick Jackie Chan's ass. 
Uh, he has to do a lot of ass kicking. And then there's another criminal group that comes into it at some point, yep. and they are they are trying to get these diamonds. And these, this is a much more sophisticated yeah. This isn't a street gang kind of international um, gang run by this guy behind the scenes called the White Tiger. Oh, there's a tiger thief. Yeah, I kind of thought of that. Um, so this gang wants to get these diamonds and. There's this um, exchange that goes wrong. The diamonds end up first in the hands of the gang that has been fighting Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. And then they get to Jackie Chan because that gang hides them in the boy's wheelchair. Yeah, do the switcheroo. Yeah, the old switcheroo. So this sounds a little complicated, but essentially you've got this this street-level gang that Jackie Chan has been tussling with in the Bronx. Jackie, it's like Jackie winds up with the diamonds that all the gangs want. There you go. So then they have to somehow come to an agreement. Yeah. And that's, agreement, a, that's about the, the story. And yes. at some point, Jackie Chan does make kind of an alliance with the, the original gang that he was fighting. And the, the gang headed by the White Tiger emerges as the real villains. Yep. Um, and we get the cops involved. The cops are involved. Uh, Jackie Chan... Um, wears a wire at one point. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, but that's basically it. It's basically yeah. like Jackie Chan fighting these two gangs, kind of fighting each other, all trying to get these diamonds that are hidden in this innocent little boy's wheelchair. Discussion. But none of this really matters because the entire point of this film's existence, so Jackie's career, everything in this plot and movie is all about the action set pieces. That's it, full stop, period, end of sentence. That is what you're here for. That is what the value of this movie is, and they are spectacular. I can intellectually take apart a movie, too, but this I can just enjoy on the base level. Mm -hmm. It's just fun. (laughs) Yeah, it is a fun movie. I enjoyed watching it, for sure. Good action. So, okay, well, there's... That's all we have to say, I guess, about it. No. But um, so, what is what is your what is the appeal of this movie to you? What was the what did you like about it as a kid? And maybe you want to talk about how you got into Jackie Chan in general, and um, and how does it hold up now? Like, like, what do you think of this movie? I still feel like I get the same feeling that I got out of it as a kid. Uh-huh. It still looks like a lot of if to me when I was a little kid, like how old would I like? Well, was this released in nineteen ninety four? Yeah, okay. Let's say it was 94. Okay. Then you would have been, I would have been 14, so you would have been 12. or 13 or yeah, something Yeah, so that would be about right. So I, I saw it on TV, so I was like, it must have been even later than that. But I remember, it, I, I always kind of think of it as like a Raiders of the Lost Ark, even mm-hmm. though it's not on that level at all. But it's the same type of movie where it seems like these guys are just like going out there, taking a camera and having fun with it. Right, and that's what I like wanted to do, and that's what like we did as kids. Like, you just pick up the camera, you just you make the story up as you go along, and you film yourself doing stupid stuff, and you yeah. try to put it all together. Like on a really base level, that's kind of what I fell in love with, with originally, and then finding more out about Jackie Chan doing his own stunts. Like he was really kind of onto something. Like he kind of broke through doing something different with the stunts. Mm-hmm. I feel like obviously stunt work goes back years and years and years and years in action movies, but. He was kind of onto. He found like a new little niche that he kind of perfected. I, I feel. Yeah. Kind well, of like an improv style of fighting. Yeah. Well, and for me, one of the 
the Hallmark. There's a few. He has a few trademarks. Uh, you kind of talked about while we were watching the movie, but yeah. for me, the one the one that really stands out is his use of his 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 comedy. Yeah. You know, his movies always he's always kind of a funny character. You know, yeah. like most action stars, like they least, want to be the cool guy. Yeah, like and that's what they all want to be, like Bruce Lee and Jean Claude Van Damme and and all these guys. They're just very these tough as nails, just aloof characters. Yeah. Um, these kind of invincible characters. The guys that look good on the poster. Like Jackie yeah. doesn't necessarily look good on the movie. Well, he poster, he's but that's <laughs> the thing. Like he's very handsome. Yeah, he's not ugly. He's guy, a very handsome young guy too, but. He wants to make himself into something of a clown. Like yeah. he wants, he he's always kind of funny and charming. He's like almost like a Jim Carrey like physical comedian. Type. Yeah, um, and you know he's shy around girls. You know mm-hmm. he's just this really, and I think he it's safe to say he essentially plays the same character. And he in kind every of falls. Movie. He's like ass backwards into the action too. Right. He did, he's not going. I mean, eventually in this movie, he does kind of go out on a mission. Yeah. But he's like drawn reluctantly into all of it. All yeah. The time. So to me, that aspect, that 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 comedic, that almost live action cartoon aspect, is what sets him apart from a lot of other action yeah. stars and a lot of other action movies. But the comedy and the cartoonishness never undercut just the visceral thrill of these really amazingly choreographed and executed action sequences. I think, like, some of the comedy is really broad, like, with his on... It's not really funny. That kind of stuff is, but uh, the rest of the comedy, even mostly, like, during the action, it's funny because it's just part of it. It's Mm -hmm. not funny because they stopped doing the action to do a joke. It's funny just because they found something funny that would happen within it. Yeah. You know, it's like they absorbed it into the action scene. That's yeah. what I always liked about the action parts. Yeah, too. well, I didn't really, like, laugh. It's not No, it's not, not Well, funny. when you say comedy, it's not like... This movie's not a comedy. Yeah, I, I would say I enjoyed the lighthearted tone, and yes. I find Jackie Chan just incredibly charming, in yeah. addition to being, like, an amazing physical performer. But is it funny? Does it make me laugh? No, that's why you need Chris Tucker, uh, which right. is why Rush Hour was so brilliant. Right. Um, so, And there are scenes here that are comedy, in air quotes, scenes that do not involve action, that are just dreadful. Yeah. They're um, like, that's the lost in translation part. That's like, these well, guys didn't know. <laughs> it's it's what was definitely work. lost in translation, but it's also like, I mean, we've talked about what really works about this movie, but I mean, just to be clear, other than the action sequences, oh, yeah. every other aspect of this movie is just terrible. <laughs> It's I I can't I'm not gonna argue the 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 story is ridiculous Uh the gangs look and act nobody looks or acts like a real human being in this movie it's almost like Jackie Chan is in Samurai Cop it's that that level almost set dressing yeah and acting nothing it, it would just I mean if Jackie Chan was not exceptional at martial arts. This movie would be a piece of junk. There's nothing. <laughs> it sounds like you really hated it. I'm just. I, I, I know what you're saying. The thing is, I'm just trying to be clear about yes. what this is. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it is. It is a showcase for action. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but you know, like we said, like um, Jackie Chan is 
in addition to like being really good at like what you think of as the stunts and the action sequences, he's a really great physical performer. Yes. So even this, is, this would make a good silent movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even in he's like, like a Charlie Chaplin. Like there was one one point where like he had a villain answer the phone and like his boss was on the yeah. end and Jackie Chan quickly like takes the phone away and puts his hand over the villain's mouth yeah, like and then straightens move. up to talk to it was and that's when I turned to you and said like he's a great physical actor yeah. you know he knows how to use his body to do everything right. not just the stunts so he's not an, a great actor in like the traditional sense no it's but, more just like choreography yeah and you said and you're right he's completely in control of his body yep. in every moment of this movie whether or not he's doing an action sequence or not right. obviously the action is what we all love but if you really watch him just perform in scenes even just scenes with other actors and where, where other characters are talking and he's in like the background or yeah. something he's still like present he's in the moment very he's alert and yep. every movement and gesture is is very deliberately thought mm-hmm. through. So he's just so in terms of that aspect, he's an amazing actor. He is. <laughs> he's a he's an amazing performer. That aspect. He's of an it. amazing I I mean he's an amazing performer and amazing movie star, I would say that. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um and just like I said, just completely charming. He's a good-looking guy. Um, he's he's obviously very talented. Yep. So yeah, I'm on board with Jackie Chan. Although I'm I can't pretend to have really seen too many of his movies. I should pretend to have seen less. Well, so where does this? You you said this came out before Rush Hour. So this yeah, is this like was way before. so well, this not was way before, but this is definitely before. so he had been doing. This movies. is when American audiences took note of Jackie. Yeah, so he had been doing movies in China. Yeah, for a long for time. that audience, many many movies. Yeah. And this was kind of his international breakthrough. Probably didn't, God, I don't even know the number, but maybe like a handful of movies. Because I remember reading that this was his particular, this was like his fifth attempt at breaking through to America. So obviously he had at least five, probably more than five movies before that. But this is the one that finally hit. And people actually took note of who he was and actually made money in America. The other ones weren't released in America. Oh, I see. And it, but after afterwards, of course, they, it's like they retrofitted them all. They went back and dubbed all his mm-hmm. other older ones and released yeah. them as though they were new ones. And that's and how I saw them. And I think it's fair to say Rush Hour was something of a culmination of his success. Yeah, I have also haven't seen Rush Hour in a really long yeah, time. Yeah, I feel like we're talking a lot about that, that movie. That I would like to revisit that one. I suspect it holds yes. up really well. Yep. Um, because it's it's kind of like it does well what this movie is trying to do. It's like a comedy. Right. With awesome action scenes, you can see this is kind of like a prototype of Rush. Yeah, it's just like the comedy isn't funny. You know what I mean? Like it's just the the story has nothing else going for it. So like pairing him with Chris Tucker in Rush Hour was like a brilliant. And having just like the bare bones of a story, like Rush Hour is not an amazing story per se, but it had like enough to be able to carry it through. This barely has it. Right. I don't know if it necessarily needs it, but it definitely helps in terms of Rush Hour. Yeah. So what, um, like, what's your favorite part of this movie? What's your favorite, like, of this aspect movie? of it? I yeah. like the action scene. No. Yeah, <laughs> I know, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. No, I, I just like the whole vibe of it. I like the whole, like, man-made. Even when I was a kid, I always liked the behind-the-scenes stuff more mm-hmm. than the actual movie itself. I just love all the... I love the way... He's kind of like the total package in terms of, like, a filmmaker. Okay. Like he can do everything. And yeah. 
it's like a, the perfect example of what I think like a movie should be, minus the story, I guess. But it's like... <laughs> but, you know, for me, it's like the story is always kind of the least interesting thing about yeah. a movie. You yeah. know what I mean? I, it, I mean, this movie doesn't need it. I mean, I would even go so far as to say, like, the the goofiness and just the kind of dashed off nature of the plot and the dialogue and every other aspect of the movie other than the action is almost charming because yeah. the director was a stuntman too, correct? Yep. And you you just get the sense that this is just made by guys who were really, really, really excited about these stunts. Yep. That's what I mean about like Raiders of the Lost Ark when Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford got to make like a old serial movie. You, I could tell like, you can just it comes through in their product. Right. It's like these guys were having a ball making this thing. And the fact that like the it's other like, oh I see a blooper over there. Who yeah. gives a shit? But like, it, this is working. Right. But it is like a weird thing to see a movie where like oh my god that dialogue is so bad and this is so dumb and this is. So so uninteresting and then the action starts and it's jaw dropping you know well, so I just like that shift in quality <laughs> yeah. in yeah. different aspects of the film is it almost would help to be a little more wall to wall action it's, like, yeah it's bizarre in a way but it's also charming in a way because yeah. it says to me like these are guys who they just want to get to the good stuff they well, just the, put enough in there so that there's a movie to hold up the action sequences yeah. but they're excited and they they take that stuff seriously and it shows and it pays off the thing i like about the action is yes it's well choreographed action and he and yes it's incredibly impressive that he does those stunts that alone is fine but the action is shot amazingly well and okay. it's shot unlike other action scenes where the, it like really super deep focus and you feel like you're there you're, mm-hmm. like, underneath that pinball table when it gets pushed over his head. Like, that's why I think it helped to have a stunt coordinator and stunt guy as the director as uh-huh. well. They're not afraid to, like, throw the camera in there. There's scenes where it feels like, I mean, you can see the camera almost gets hit by debris falling uh-huh. there. Like, I don't know if there's a cameraman behind it, but that's just kind of like a haphazard throat nature of the movie that I like about it. Yeah. It seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. It does seem fun. Well, my, my favorite part of the movie is when... Um, he they go throw the kid out of the wheelchair. They throw the kid around a lot. I know that's what I remembered about it. Gets thrown around a lot. Um, is when is the end? Oh, the end. Yeah, yeah the not end to spoil epic. it, but when they go after the bot, the big boss who's, yes. who's playing golf. Yeah, um, we'll just have to spoil it because it's a yeah. good ending. And they 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 basically well basically like the the climactic uh, chase sequence. And you said Jackie Chan does all his own stunt driving as well. Yes, um, which is I don't know about a hundred percent, but he does. Yeah. he does most of it. So the climactic scene involves, I guess they just call them hovercrafts. Yeah, I don't even really know what these things are. I think the thing is that it was shot in Vancouver. <laughs> okay, and they've it was it's more of that like improv action where it's just like something they found. Oh yeah, that's the. Other I don't think it, I don't think it was like in the script that he jumps on a hovercraft. But they were, they were probably like, in Vancouver and they're like, oh, I could run a guy over with that. And it's that probably thing. more common in Vancouver because yeah. they, go, they go over ice, which is there. And, uh, they, and they okay. thought, okay, maybe this is what all of America is like. Yeah. So just, he's Like hovercrafts, you take a hovercraft to work. like you <laughs> So yeah, the, the climactic... They didn't think it was as weird as, right. as Americans are the, thinking. Like, the climactic you know, scene in the movie involves uh, this hovercraft Which is great. The whole chase. sequence Very well great. done. But then after it's all wrapped up and the bad guys are arrested and Jackie Chan's made peace with the original gang and they got the diamonds and all this... They're like, okay, well, we know where the big boss is, and, and yes. he's been working with the police to, like, track this guy down. 
And then you never know it though because he doesn't look like an evil boss. He's on the golf course. Basically, Jackie Chan is like, "Can I go run this motherfucker over with a hovercraft?" And the police are like, "Yeah, sure." Why and not? and Jackie Chan uh, says to his his girlfriend and his his new friend the the gang member yeah, yeah. Wanna, I totally missed that part where he befriended yeah. the gang member the you, gang, he was they basically just like looked at each other and nodded like like, uh-huh, like let's get, go buddy you guys want to come with me and run this motherfucker over with a hovercraft <laughs> they're like hell yeah <laughs> so be li- stupid not to. so literally the plot is wrapped up yeah. but our little epilogue is like. On the golf course. It's almost like, I feel like that last scene is like breaking the fourth wall where they look out at the audience and they're like, what do you guys want to see? Now? Yeah. You guys want to see me hit this It's guy like with William Castle comes out and says, hold <laughs> yeah. up the red card yeah. if you want to see Jackie Chan run over this motherfucker yes. with a hovercraft. This guy poses no threat to anyone at this point. The police could have quietly walked up to him yeah, and said, sir, you're going to have to come with us. That's my but favorite no. part, is that the police endorse it. They're yeah. like, do it. Man. Yeah, sure, go I ahead. Did. They're like, I double-dug dare you. Yeah, so then, that indeed, that's what happens. They're, the guy's out on the golf course, just minding his own business, being a criminal mastermind, but taking the day playing golf, and Jackie Chan somehow sneaks up. sort of sneaks up on this guy in this giant hover vehicle, <laughs> And everyone goes running, and he's trying to track this guy. And his girlfriend is, like, cheering him on. Get him, get him. And although this guy is on an open field, he can't run can't away, from, away the from this not very fast-moving hovercraft yeah, that Jackie Chan is driving. He runs the guy over with a hovercraft. And then they end with a freeze frame of them, like, pumping their fists yeah. and cheering. It's pretty great. That's why I feel it's, like, breaking the fourth wall, because it's almost like they look at the camera and, like, yeah, yeah. this is what you wanted, buddy. So I, I that sequence kind of tonally sums <laughs> up this movie. Yeah. Although there are some weird, like, tonal... It's a mixed bag. Well, there are some... Speaking of bags, there are oh, some yeah. weird tonal inconsistencies. That is one thing I remember about that. Like, the whole movie is very, like, PG feeling. It yeah. feels like it could have been... Music, story, tone. Story-wise, putting aside the jaw-dropping action sequences, it seems like it could have been, like, a sequel to Three Ninjas. Like, just in tone. Yeah, it starts out that way, too. And the bad guys are kind of, like... Goofy. Goofy. They don't really pose a threat. But then when this... There's this one part where the, this other mob comes in. Yeah. And well, the, the first scene is where they beat him with the bottles. Yeah, that's he starts, kind of... He comes home bloody. Yeah, that there's a lot that's of blood. Almost that's out of a horror movie. Dis- yeah, it's kind yeah, of disturbing. But then really out of a horror movie is when... That is part I remember. There's this part where, like, the real bad guys... They Fargo a guy. Yeah, they do. The, the real bad guys come and get the, the goofier gang that Jackie Chan's been rumbling in the Bronx with. <laughs> and they're trying to figure out where the diamonds are. And they take one of the guys into this wood chipper, basically. Now you don't you, know. you don't see it, but you see him. You see a lot of it. What you, you see? see enough, you see his well, head going in there. Yeah, you see, like, you his see body them going put in. him in there, and then you. But even more disturbing than yeah. that, you see a guy take out a, a black plastic garbage bag, yeah. and as the guy's being taken to the back of the wood chipper, the guy with the black plastic garbage bag walks to the front of the wood chipper. And then cut to a scene later where the surviving gang member comes, himself beat up and bloody. He brought the bag. He he has his friend in a bag. Now, you don't see it, but there's this bag. It's almost more horrifying not to see. That we know has the remains of his... I'm like, what is, is this Seven? Is this Fargo? Yeah. 
But and then and then even further than that, then they open the bag. Yeah. They don't show it to the audience, but they show it to like one of the guys. The guy looks at it and it shows him vomit into a barrel. Yeah. Like this, it just felt so grimy and yeah. gross it's, and disturbing. It's at that so point. out of touch with like the rest with of this his aunt movie. Kissing him. Like yeah, on the, full on the lips, and you're like laughing at that scene or at that stupid wedding scene. You know, Ugh. it takes like huge shifts. Like, yeah, whoa, super dark for no reason at all. Yeah, should like, we should we briefly talk about the uncle's wedding and engagement, or what should else we just to say about it? Well, how stupid it. I, I mean, mean, it doesn't we, work. We talked about how dumb the comedy is and how much the comedy doesn't work. Yeah, but like. Uh, I don't know. Like, okay, so he's here for his uncle's wedding, mm-hmm. and he goes to the convenience store to meet his fiance, the uncle's fiance, who yeah. he hasn't met before. Yeah. And at first, he thinks it's this lady working in the store, this other yeah. Chinese lady. It's not. Um, it is in fact this this large black woman, mm-hmm. very very loud, very affectionate, <laughs> yeah. and that's the joke. I guess. I mean, it's, I felt it's uncomfortable. Just, it's not who he, I don't know. It's, it, I, I felt it was just a dumb joke. It was. It's not who you expect it is. You're looking at it through the 2019. Well, I am. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's, not, it's a little weird. It's, we- it's just weird. It's yeah. very weird. And then. But this is also a Chinese film company. Oh, yeah, totally. Producing a movie in Vancouver oh, totally for America, disguising yeah. as. Uh, the Bronx. Yeah. Okay. Some. <laughs> yeah. Some stuff might have got lost there. And then or at the wedding, something might have been a misstep. The wedding is like um, some kind of a gospel. There's a lot gospel singing themed. Oh uh, yeah, she's wedding. singing. The the bride. They, is singing. Yeah. They well they have like Baptist church style gospel singers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then she herself is singing like kind of like gospel style music as she's dancing to her floor. husband as she's dancing with him. So it's all very like uh, it's a little weird. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So I just but, but I felt like we had to make note of that. Interview Jackie or the director. Oh no, hundred there was anything. No, there wasn't. It's just like they thought this is funny and yeah. like you know this is one thing you can do in a story set in America. It's culturally diverse and it's crazy and it's everyone like it, in here is they're all very nice people and and all this stuff. But it's just like it'll make you a little more uncomfortable than the fashions. Like yeah, nineties fashion. It was it's, just it's a weird. little more than that. It was just so weird. It was I wasn't like, that put off by it as you. Were. I feel like it's very no. It's just weird. It's okay. just very weird. That's all I can say about it. There are things in Rumble in the Bronx that are a little weird. It's yes, a little weird. I, I agree. With but that. I just feel like I had we I had to make mention of that. Okay. But um. But I yeah. It's it's so it's so schizophrenic talking about this movie because like I feel like oh I'm spending too much time talking. You're doing about, a disservice to the action. Right. I'm spending too. But then like I talk about how amazing the action is and and I'm like oh but just so everyone knows this is like a goofy movie like it's so right. inconsistent. Is that pretty much the case? Don't take a political stance because of no. the stupid joke. But I mean, how, how does this it. how does this movie compare to other Jackie Chan movies? Setting Rush Hour aside, like, is it like the, you mean like the other Americanized? Yeah, or just any, or movies? just any, just talk a little bit about Jackie I, I Chan's this career. This has got to be this has got to be the goofiest one. Okay, in terms of like trying to make it funny. I don't okay. remember the other ones being goofy. The action is still the same. The action is still 
uh, kind of like a lighthearted approach to the action where Jackie feels like he's really he's always like the underdog yeah gets injured in all the action scenes and he he doesn't like breeze through it like a super action character but I don't remember I, the plots are they the other ones that I remember are more like James Bond films okay where they're a little more serious in tone uh, and the action makes sense in those a little more okay like the, the action is more about the, the, the action is built into the story more. Okay. I feel like... Uh, I'm trying to remember like other goofy scenes in other uh, movies, and uh, this is the one I remember like laughing at, okay. like being silly. I feel like they maybe... Even though I don't know if this one came afterwards, but I feel like they kind of refined it a little bit. They made it better afterwards. Rush Hour, definitely, but in talking about his other films like First Strike or Super Cop or something like that, I feel like they were trying to make Jackie into like the next uh, James Bond type character, or the next action hero. Okay. And this is kind of who Jackie was. He was kind of like a goofy, I see. silly guy. And then they kind of realized, like, well, maybe that's a, let's turn that into a strength. Let's make kind of a I see. I, did, I didn't read so that this, part of it, but I kind of, I can, I read that through the movies that I I've see. seen. So this one maybe leans into the comedy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I feel like it does, but it's been a long time since I see the other ones, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I, a lot of the stuff I remember about this one is making fun of it. You know, like, yeah. how, like, ridiculously silly. I remember that ending. Yeah. Like, how you couldn't forget that ending. I remember that, <laughs> that kid in the wheelchair, all yeah. the stupid jokes and his lines, which some of them are kind of funny, but yeah. uh, I definitely there's not a lot of comic relief in the other Jackie movies. Okay, other than just the fact that he himself is kind of like an yeah. unlikely yeah. character. I he feel has like that's that the joke of, within yeah. the other ones because the other ones are like the two main ones I could think of, like First Strike and Super Cop. Like he's just he's a secret agent almost, or he gets like roped into secret agent into like a conspiracy with uh, like a James Bond type story. Hmm. It still has all the same type of action. So okay. that stuff still works in all of them. And I feel like he got better and better and better at that stuff. Like I feel like all those Jackie Chan movies, that's some of the best action ever like, yeah. filmed ever. Like trying not to overreact to it, but seriously, like I, it's been probably 20 years since I've seen Jackie. Mm-hmm. It holds up perfectly well. Yeah. That's, I, I still watch those action scenes in Rumble in the Bronx. And I'm like, damn, they did that. And it's like, wow, they choreographed that really well, and they put the camera in the right place where you'd get, like, the best shot. That's why I think it's, like, really well-shot action. Like, that's another part of it. It's not just the fact that they did it. It's the fact that they knew how to make it into a movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and of course, he's known for doing all of his own stunts. Yeah, goes, you know that yep. goes without saying. And also, we didn't really he, talk. He, he about, was Tom Cruise before Tom Cruise. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the other kind of um, trademark is that he uses a lot of found objects. Yes. In his that's fights. a big part of it. So he doesn't really fight with like swords or. Well, there's that part, like you like said, that. it's like he's doing an improv game. Yeah. You know where it's like where they wear different hats? Well, there's literally a scene where a kid is throwing him multiple, like, just household objects that he He can He throws, like, a helmet to him. He's like, here, Jackie, do something with that. And then he fights the guy with the helmet. Then he throws him a wrench. Throws a wrench. He's like, here, do something. Like a comic wrench. Like, where'd the kid get the wrench, let alone lift it and throw it? it. Yeah. Yeah. And, And then he also fights with the kid's crutch. But. Yeah, that's right. And he kicks <laughs> the crutch off the ground. And yeah, it's like all that stuff is so much, like, it's so inventive the way yeah. that they can do it. And you know, like, that's not in the Rush Hour. Yeah. Read the Rush Hour script, if there was one. I yeah. mean, 
That the hovercraft isn't there, the pinball tables aren't there. Like that's the kind of stuff that I always remember. About it's like a game. dance. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like an unprofessional would here go in this room with all these pinball tables and make a fight scene. They really like oh yeah. They sort this shit out over and over yeah. and over again. They find like the coolest things to do and they think about it. Like you can tell it's that's what I mean. It's out. so precise and impressive, and the rest of the film is so sloppy. It's just yeah. it's weird. It's, it's like watching like when you watch uh, one long take, like mm-hmm. a, like in Goodfellas where they like go down the Copa Cabana or. or Everything has to go right in this one take, or the whole thing is ruined. Mm-hmm. It's like setting up a million of those. Mm-hmm. You set up like this action scene where he jumps through a shopping cart, and he has to do it. You can tell they've done it many, many times before, but there's only one time where he's going to do it right. And damn it, if it's not impressive. And it's just something really little that you, I guarantee they just like found on that day. They're like, yeah. hey, Jackie, what can you do with this? Yeah, he's like this. Like, Holy shit! So it's a really <laughs> jump through a fucking cart. Yeah, it's a unique skill set. <laughs> <laughs> He's a five tools guy. Yeah. Um, so, needless to say, you would I rec- like him. You would recommend oh, this yeah. movie. This is the best purchase that I've gotten in a long time. Excellent. Five dollars for Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. Oh, so I'm not regretting an this unenthusiastic one. recommendation from Jordan for Rumble in the Bronx. Yes. Uh, I would also say, if you see this one on a dive, definitely pick it up. I feel like you have to have some Jackie Chan. Yes. In your collection. It'd be awesome if there was like an Americanized collection. Yeah. Or, well, I say Americanized. I mean, like, the movies released in the 90s that they redubbed into America. Like, basically a box set for me. Right. For when I was, like, a little kid. So yeah. I can watch all Well, but I, I feel like that's actually not the worst idea because I feel like Jackie Chan was pretty hot for a while yeah. during that period uh, that Rush Hour came yeah. out and Rumble in the Bronx. There there were a lot of them that played theatrically. So I feel like, uh, yeah, that that would be something that... I, I feel like you're a little more lukewarm on Jackie Chan. Well, I I just don't want to... The movie itself. The truth yeah, is, I loved it. I thought it was great. I I think I'm as impressed with Jackie Chan's skills as you are. I just don't want to come across as a poser. Like, I... I oh, can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't pretend. I mean, I'm, I'm not like an expert on him either. Maybe I might have said yeah. a few things here that were wrong. I Sorry. can't pretend to just like you know have you know followed him to the extent that you have. Or I don't know. I'm not as much of an action guy either. You yeah. know, so I don't know that I can analyze. I think it as that's well what I, I started out as. That. <laughs> yeah, I learned like the other aspects of the movies later. But, but this movie's a this movie's a this it. movie's a blast. Um, yeah. and I definitely think people should should have some Jackie Chan in their collection. I think this is like a perfect. Kind of a perfect one to have, probably, because Rush Hour really is an. This is kind of the quintessential Jack. Yeah, because movie. Rush Hour really is an American movie. You yes. know, this movie was made with an American audience in mind, but it's still made by it's still a Chinese movie. Yep. You know, and which is you know, Jack, where Jackie Chan came from, of course. So, um, yeah, excellent movie. Definitely pick it up on a dive, even if it's more than. Four dollars, I think it's worth yeah. having. It needs to be on like a better version. I mean, the the version we watched was good. The Blu-ray, it version. looked great. It'd be, It'd be nice, nice to have to some have. supplemental features. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, supplemental and background features, do you want to kind of do a little bit of a deep dive? What do you oh, know? My, what do you know about the behind the my, scenes from this movie? <laughs> my dive is not that much, but I do have some notes. Yeah. So hang on. Uh, one of the best things I found was Roger Ebert's original review of it, which I think we basically said. Okay. So I, th- like, I think you've said the review, basically. Uh-huh. So let's see if I can t- find it here. It was really, it's perfect, it perfectly sums up, like, how I feel about these types of action. Okay. Movies. This makes me sound like a complete simpleton. Like, uh-huh. Wow, fast forward to the part where Batman's moving or something, but I, uh, okay, hang on. 
Okay, here's Roger Ebert's original review from when the movie came out. Okay. Any attempt to defend this movie on rational grounds is futile. Don't tell me about the plot and the dialogue. (laughs) Don't dwell on the acting. The whole point is Jackie Chan. Yes. And, like Astaire and Rogers, he does what he does better than anybody. There's a physical confidence, a grace, and elegance to the way he moves. There's humor to the choreography of the fights, which are never too gruesome. Some could disagree with the gruesome aspects of it. Right. That's me editorializing. (laughs) He's having fun. If we allow ourselves to get in the right frame of mind, so are we. Perfect. Done. God, I miss Roger Ebert. What a great review. <laughs> that was a perfect review, yeah. and I love the... When I read that, I was just like, God, it's just like you're reading my mind, man. And I love the Fred Astaire comparison, because yep. that is 100% apt, using his body to perform. Yep. Oh, and the other interesting I found, thing I found was uh, how much money, the, or how much uh, this movie made. Ooh. So the budget was $8 million. Okay. It was like, total... And just the U.S. box office, it made $76 million. Oh, so well, this, there's this your exploded. rush order. Yeah, there's your rush order. <laughs> this hour. exploded, and this put Jackie wow. on the map of anybody in Hollywood who said, yeah. get me that guy now, awesome. because money talks. Well, and you said like the idea at one point was like he was going to be the next Bruce. A lot of people were going to be the next Bruce Lee. Yeah. He may have come the closest. Yeah. I don't. He didn't really want to be, though, is what I get from the interview. Okay. Because he kind of had a different take on it. He didn't like the action hero who was unstoppable. He did not want to be invincible in any of his movies. Mm-hmm. That's why he'd always take, like, the extra second. I remember an interview with him talking about punching a bad guy in the face. And, like, that's where the Bruce Lee movie would cut. Right. But I want my movie to cut. I punch him in the face, and then I kind of, like, shake my hand up. I shake out the pain. Sure. Like, ow, ow. Then you cut. Like, he wanted to show that he was kind of like an average guy, which mm-hmm. is, I like he kind of was, but Jackie Chan wasn't average, but that's what he was trying to portray himself sure. as. And I feel like that was kind of groundbreaking. Yeah. In actions, in well, like I said, that's that's what stands out to me about his movies, that more yeah. kind of, like, humble aspect to his mm-hmm. character. He's not trying to look too cool. In a way, it kind of, like, it falsifies a little bit to the audience because they're thinking, like, this is just, like, the regular guy in, like, a real way. Where, like, Bruce Willis is the average guy, or Tom Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Cruise right. are the average guy. Well, it's like but when you it, know these it's guys. like what you and I have said this about Tom Cruise movies. Like, oh, we, watch, we watch Mission Impossible movies, and, and Tom Cruise is like trying to like be in like a crowd scene or a, at a party or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's Tom Cruise standing yeah. over there. He just can't help but Don't be get this. me wrong. I love those Mission Impossible yeah, movies, Yeah, me oh, too. And absolutely. Tom but, like, Tom Cruise can't help but be this just kind of bigger-than-life, invincible yeah. action hero, you know? And Jackie's Jackie like a guy in the crowd. Yeah, and he, works, and he works hard to be a guy in the crowd yep. and be that kind of humble persona. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. You said a lot of people, there were a lot of injuries on this oh. movie. As <laughs> that's the other thing I read. It was, like, the first thing I pulled up was, like, I mean, you can tell during the end credits where they show like, bloopers and outtakes and, like, stunts that went wrong. There, there's a lot of ambulances. There's a lot of people getting put into yeah. ambulances. No one died. But, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but I think it said, like, there were a lot of broken bones, and it was including, like, extras. Like, people not even involved in, like, on the beach. I was worried for some of the extras. People on the beach and people sequences. running in yeah. the streets and Oof. stuff. Like, some of them, there were broken bones, and Jackie broke his leg. 
But you see him. He broke his, he broke ankle. his ankle. Yeah, and you can see it. And you're movie. right. That is not a, much like Tom. That Cruise. is not an earlier take or a later take. No. That is the moment his ankle broke. Like yes. you can tell because we were kind of watching for yeah. it. Yeah, I remember like knowing that that was the scene, and I was like, I think you yeah. might be able to because it's been so, so a little, long since I've seen it. It's a little bit of a faces of death moment. Like if you want to see a guy break his ankle, <laughs> yeah. it's on film yep. uh, in this movie. And but he stays Texas. in character, and then and afterwards kept going. You see in the credits, he's putting on like a little sock over that's got the his shoe painted on it, so it looks like he's perfectly fine. But yeah. he's got a cast underneath, and he's riding the hovercraft with the <laughs> cast on his leg. Yeah. Like, to me, that is just like the guy he wanted. That's proof that he wanted to do this shit. It's like, amazing. He was just like born to do it. Oh, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. That's all my background stuff. I just wanted to read that Roger Ebert quote. That was a that was a wonderful. <laughs> I uh, thought it was review. perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You have to even listen to us ramble. That is it. He summed it up better. Yep, absolutely. So, all right, Rumble in the Bronx, man. This was like one of the most, probably the most fun movie we've watched. I don't know if it was like it probably it might be the best movie. We've probably watched the so best. Far. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, yeah. it's best in terms of accomplishing what it was trying to accomplish. It nailed it. It wanted yeah. to be a good action movie. It is a good action movie. Yeah, awesome, cool. Um, so yeah, I think unless did you have anything else about? No, I think about that was Rumble. It. I think that's that it. you wanted to throw out there. <laughs> um, no, I could talk forever about Jackie, but yeah, well, we'll leave that was like the really interesting stuff. We'll we'll return to uh, Jackie Chan in yes. a later episode. Like, there's so many that you can watch, like First Strike and Super Cop, and I mentioned them already. Yeah, and Rush Hour, of course. And Criterion just put out. Uh, oh yeah, what is it? Police, Police Story One and Two. Story One and Two. Yep. So that's why that's what made that's what put them back on the radar for me. Yeah, hopefully they'll they'll or a company like that will do some more, like you said nice presentations with some more supplemental material. They will. I, if you buy, I would like buy to the know, Criterion one. Yeah, everybody. for sure. Yeah, everyone support and that. send a message. Absolutely. And because um, I would like to know more about him and his career mm-hmm. and just what a fascinating, cool, he just seems like a cool guy. And he always seems like a really nice guy in interviews yeah. and stuff, you know what I yeah. mean? So I think he kind of is the character he plays a little bit. And yeah. he's our guest right now. <laughs> Come in. Yeah, no. Maybe next time. Maybe in year two, <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll have uh, built up enough clout to have Jackie Chan on the show. But um, all right, enough about this Jackie Chan guy. <laughs> what the hell else is going on? Let's uh, go beyond the dive, our, our final uh, show segment here. Uh, this is where we just have kind of a loose discussion about anything else we've been reading, watching, or looking forward to. Um, what else is, is going on out there? So... What do you got, Turn? Is anything uh, interesting on your radar? Jackie Chan. Yeah, it's and I watched First Strike. At, no, okay. <laughs> aren't you glad I didn't mention the poster you made of Jackie Chan when you were in school for a, for a presentation? <laughs> God, I wish you still had that. Yeah, that's somewhere. Oh, there. if you can find it's that. It's selling at an auction at Sotheby's oh, for man. millions. I remember that poster. I remember making it. <laughs> I re- <laughs> I pretty much said all the same stuff in it that I said. Yeah. It's like, man, this guy looks like he's having so much fun. Why are we all doing this? I'm glad you're able to still get the same enjoyment out of it. But anyway, what else? It holds up. What else have you been watching or reading or whatever? Do you have a lot to say about yours? I don't, so feel free to read. Well, mine's kind of short, too. Is um, I watched. So I was waiting for, like, David Fincher's next movie to come out because I'm obsessed with David Fincher. Oh, yeah. I'm like... You're a big David Fincher fan. And he always has a project in the works, and, like, he's kind of reportedly hard to work with, and he's, like, perfectionist, so his his projects fall apart, and he finally, when he gets them together, like, his worst stuff is... It's like Tarantino. 
his bad stuff is better than most people's good stuff. Okay. Like it's and I've just been like been what was his last film like? Oh, I was gonna I ask even, you. I don't even remember. Oh, Gone Girl, of course. Um, Great movie, uh, of course. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say it's a guarantee that his stuff is good, but my point is that I was waiting around. And I didn't realize that, now I'm going to sound like a Netflix show again, because mm-hmm. I talked about Gerald's Game, which is a Netflix original, right. but I watched Mindhunter, which is his TV series okay. that he's produced and he's directed hmm. a few of the episodes. He doesn't direct the whole thing, but he directs, like, I think the first two or three episodes. It's just like a short series, like, season one. There is going to be a season two, apparently. Um, I think ten episodes. Okay. Um, I could handle that. <laughs> yeah, I think he directs the first two and then the last one or something like that. Uh, but he really likes it's like the takeoff and the landing. He really like sets it up. Got it. It'd be great. But um, what it's about is it's set in the seventies and it's about the FBI. It's based on a book, which I've also started. Okay, reading. so now all three of those things, I'm thinking about Zodiac right now. It's very Zodiac. Oh, it is very Zodiac. You can tell like when he made Zodiac, he's like. Oh, this we kind of fell in love with that. Yeah, and it, I fell in love with that movie. That is, is a gr- that is his best work, yes. in my opinion. Zodiac is his best film, I think. Anyway, um, it's about in the seventies, um, the FBI's formation. It's a little bit Ooh. like it's a little bit like Zodiac meets the X Files. Okay, but it doesn't have the supernatural element. Okay, it's about um, the FBI's. Um, forget exactly what they call it, but it's like the behavioral crime unit. Okay. It's like the it's about the formation of that. Okay. About how they try to they basically serial killers start behaving in ways that they didn't before. Hmm. In the seventies is what the way they say it with no motive. So oh. they and they can't figure out what the hell is going on. Like how do you stop a guy like and they deal with real crimes like um guys I'd never even heard of. Ed Kemper is okay. one of them. But this is when you had that. This was the whole Summer of Sam kind yes, of era. Yes, they deal with that too. Okay. Um, they try to find what's going on in these guys' minds. Like, oh. why are they? Like, what is motivating you? And they do it by interviewing them. Which initially, it was thought of as like not PC. Like, do not do this. Do uh-huh. not talk to these. Don't give them a platform. Don't do anything. The guys that play these serial killers are great. Hmm. Like, <laughs> really, like the scenes where they're interviewing them is really creepy. Are there any big actors that we would know on the show, or not just the no, character actors? Not okay. really. They're cool. they're all really good. The only guy that I recognize was the guy that plays Bill Tench, who's like the older guy who kind of forms the thing. There's an older guy and a younger guy who they the two of them together form the behavioral crime unit, whatever they call it. They're basically like, it's like the X-Files where they're in the basement mm-hmm. and they get like a little closet. And like, like all right, you guys work on that little project. Yeah. And they kind of set out like, um, they want to form like a case study of like all these guys. So they're, they're like traveling from city to city to find different serial killers. Uh-huh. And they're all over the country. This should be hot. People love serial killers now. Yeah, it's really interesting. But the the part that really hooked me is I forget what episode it is, but it's some it's after the first one. It's like they kind of it's really good when it starts out, but where it really gets weird is where it starts to like affect the guys sure. doing the interviews and the serial killers. It's so but this is what I like about it. It's so subtle. Okay, like, it's almost like you don't even see it coming. It kind of they get inside the heads of the guys doing the interviews, like uh, Silence of the Lambs style. Yeah, yeah, but more subtle, like 
obviously more subtle than Silence of the Lambs. Like, that's <laughs> Right. But this is like, all of a sudden, I remember they, they interview their first subject, and then they go to another jail to interview the second subject. They're just kind of like trying to find what is the pattern. Why do you guys do this? What is the motive? That's what they're always trying to get to the bottom of. And they go to the other, the second guy, and he's like, he's talking about the first guy's interview. He's like, why? He's like, um, he told me that you guys were doing this kind of interview. And they're like, how do you know that? Like, how are the prisoners communicating with each other? And then after they get out, they're like, he didn't tell us any new information. He was just fucking with us. He didn't know. They didn't communicate with each other. And then afterwards, they're like, or did they? They have to go Whoa. back and interview the old guy. And the old, the other, the first guy didn't know anything about it, or he then he started pretending like he knew. Uh huh. And then they started going on more and more of these. And the older guys, the older interviewer, he's like, I don't want to do these anymore. Wow. Because <laughs> like, the one guy's like on the tape, he's like, say hello to your wife for me. Uh huh. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. He's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and it really is like Mindhunter is the perfect summary of what the series is like. It's like. It seems like it's just, a, on the surface, just a simple thing. Oh, we'll have, like, it's um, like dramatic reenactments of serial killers. Mm-hmm. We'll have an actor every week playing a new serial killer, and he'll get inside the head. But it's it, just as much about the other side of it, the other, like, the Mulder and Scully aspect uh-huh. of it, too. That's what's made it so interesting to me. It's like, and this has been sitting there for, like, a year. It's been on Netflix for a while. Wow. And I've heard about it okay. before. I knew David Fincher, like, produced it because he produces House of Cards, too. Which yep. I've also never seen, but this is – this. if you like Zodiac, you will like mine. Oh, I, it's, I, I can guarantee it. Well, you're you're good at the Beyond the Dive segment because this sounds great. Okay, I, felt, <laughs> I, felt, I, felt, I felt like I didn't have a lot to say about it, but that, that's it. Like, yeah. Mine is really Well, good. just knowing Fincher and his aesthetic, it does – it sounds like a spiritual sequel to Zodiac. It is. It's very much I, – I kept thinking, like, Zodiac meets X-Files. Oh, well, those like. are two things. That oh, and the other – okay, I have one more thing. Okay. I have one more thing about it is um, I always worry, like, nowadays where people are jumping all over everything, being so politically correct. Yeah, like I did with the the Well, but that's not not (laughs) jumping all over it. I mean, like, I fear that, like, a lot of the art will kind of suffer for that. Oh, yeah. Like, because you put too many boundaries on all of it. Uh, Mindhunter is not for kids. Okay. It's very, very... (laughs) The language, like, that's kind of part of it. Uh Uh-huh. Because they have to start trying to talk like the serial killers, and they're using, like, all kinds of language and all that shit that you wouldn't think, and it's about, you know, rape and killing children. Like, nothing is off limits, and that's kind of the point. The point is, like, what is motivating these people to do all this shit? Right. And then they discover, like, a lot of this stuff is sexually motivated, so they go down those paths to, like... Why are you so like? What sexually happened to you? And, and they like it's real. And like, it's based and, on real. And stuff. as they plumb deeper into, they the start to depths, question what the fuck is wrong with them. As like, you ga- gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes back, kind of thing. That's very poetic. But no, it is. It, it, <laughs> it's very much like they're asking all these questions, getting into the head, and they're like. Wait a minute, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing all well, this? Well, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> yeah. This sounds fantastic. It's good. It's really, really good. Sounds fantastic. 
well, I was going to talk about a superhero movie, but now <laughs> I feel like an idiot. There's a little movie called Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't be... Well, I went on too long, I'm sorry. No, you didn't. I won't be so basic as to talk about... Um, you call it, me basic? No, 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 no. I, w- I, I would be basic if I was going to talk about Infinity War. I won't, oh, okay. I won't quite go that deep, Infinity but... Infinity War is good. I am going to talk about another Marvel movie that I revisited recently. Captain One Marvel? That I, no, that I think you like is Spider-Man 2. Wait, which Marvel one? The original Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah, that's a great... Sam Raimi? Sam Raimi. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a great movie. Um, Alvin Sargent is one of the writers, the screenwriter okay. of Spider-Man 2. He passed away recently, oh, okay. um, which is kind of what put it in my mind. Yeah. Because he had had a whole career nominated for Oscars doing dramas like Ordinary People. But then he kind of had this second career writing Spider-Man movies. Okay. Um, so he did Spider-Man 2... Spider-Man three. I know we don't like Spider-Man three, but he had, well, Spider-Man three had other problems going on. Yeah, he did a he did a rewrite on the Amazing Spider-Man. So I was like, I'm gonna revisit Spider-Man two. Is he like a script doctor? Or is he like no? He's a he's a stuff? he's a straight up screenwriter. Yeah, he he did the rewrite. I think um, I always picture those movies of ha- as having like fifty writers. They did. Yeah, and like Michael Chabon contributed to like the screen story because I you know okay. it was you know but. Um, he was uh, the screenwriter, and um, it just kind of put it in my mind to revisit it. Because I, I always remember people really pointed to that as like yeah. a high watermark at that time. This is like pre-Marvel Studios. I've seen it fairly recently, too. It is. It does hold up. Yeah, I mean, believe it or Talk not, the movie, the movie's almost 15 years old. So, yeah, yeah it does hold up. I, I, I wouldn't say it's like it's like better than like the best of like the current crop of Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. But it holds its own with them. And mm-hmm. what surprised me, or what stood out to me about it when I watched it recently was just how much time was spent on character. Yeah. Like, there's so much... I, it reminds me of, like, the first Superman movie. Where yep. the most interesting part is Christopher Reeves as Clark Kent. Yeah. Not him in the Superman right. costume. And then they do pay as much, if not more, attention to Peter Parker and his... How this doesn't work. How yeah. being a superhero doesn't work. And like the Superman, Superman the movie, which I think is is maybe still the best superhero movie it's ever made. There, yeah. um, but it does the same thing as it's like it doesn't make try to bring the comic book world down to the real world yeah. in the way that uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman movies do, which I also like. Mm. It's it's completely committed to this bright, goofy Marvel comics world, yeah. but it takes it completely. Seriously, yeah, the characters are real, even though like J. Jonah Jameson is shaking his fist exactly. at the ceiling. <laughs> it's it's like a, it has an emotional reality to mm-hmm. it, and I I feel like that's what Elvin Sargent brought to okay. it. You know, why have you narrowed it down to him? Though? I I just kind of get that sense because I I feel like that's not Did he so do much comic book writing. Or well, was he just a screenwriter. Just screenwriter. Um, but I feel like I Sam Raimi doesn't so much do that kind yeah. of thing in his movies like yeah. he's he's more like the comic book kind of like part right. of it right. and like sergeant i feel like brought a lot of the character work that really resonated in the movie mm. um not all of it holds up um predictably the cgi ages as cgi yeah, always that, will that train scene holds up it's good yeah it, it does hold up yeah it, it still looks good and it oh is. and the scene where the the arms come alive Mm-hmm. And like kill all the people in the right. hospital. I love that. Scene. Yeah, it's good. Like the whole thing really works well together. Mm-hmm. So that's basically all I've got. I just wanted to remind people: Spider-Man Two 
is a good movie. Awesome. Also, the one thing that did kind of set it apart from the current movies is it was something of a relief to not be burdened with the shared universe. Right? Yeah, it was was a discrete unit. Everything in, even though it's a sequel, and even though it it was setting up the next movie, like, it was all there in the movie itself. It wasn't Mm. so bogged down with what had happened in other movies, what needed to happen in the following movies, which is just becoming more and more of a thing. I think the the stuff that works best, that kind of stuff that works best, is the stuff where you can take it or leave it. Where it's like, yeah. It'll enhance it if you know it. If you don't know it, it's not going to, no harm, no foul. Right. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't get the joke. But, yeah. But now it's just like, if you don't understand this reference, you better be on Wikipedia on your phone right. in the movie theater looking yeah. it up to so you can tell your girlfriend yeah. next to you. The the way that people consume, Sorry, okay, yeah, I was going to say, the way that people <laughs> consume this stuff has completely changed. And that's a topic for another day. Yeah, I like that but I feel too. like Spider-Man was kind of... these the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, which I like actually all of them, yeah. including Spider-Man 3. The third one's not as bad as degrees, his reputation. They were kind of the last best example of the pre-Marvel Studios era. Because once Iron Man that's happened... Once Iron Man happened and you know they really started down that whole road, there was no going back. But that's yeah. a whole topic for another podcast. So. Yeah. They need um, to put Jackie Chan in a Marvel movie. Oh, man. You wouldn't be able to stop it. I'm just saying, <laughs> they want to make Shang-Chi, so... Who's that? Master of Kung Fu. Oh, there you go. There you go. He might be a little old now. But <laughs> they can do that whole de-aging thing. They de-aged Samuel Jackson for an entire movie. Yeah. They can well, I don't doubt they can do it. I don't know if I, <laughs> I, know if I want to see it. Maybe he would be like the mentor, the uncle. or Yeah, something. yeah, okay. Is there, like a, is there a mentor in Shang-Chi? He Somebody? was that in the Karate Kid remake. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All okay, right. tangent, once, tangent. Once you've hit the Karate Kid remake, you've gone too far. Yep. So I think we'll call it for this episode <laughs> of The Dumpster Dive. We hope you enjoyed uh, this further exploration of cult cinema. Um, I forgot to come up with a catchphrase for to end this episode. Does Jackie Chan have a catchphrase? No, he just he gives a thumbs up to the camera. You can't do that. All right. Podcast. Well, mentally picture us giving a thumbs up, and we will see you on the next Dumpster Dive. Bye for now. See you.